welcome to the I Am Enough podcast. My name is Alice Resina and I have the pleasure and the hmm, literally honor to present you another incredible guest. And this is definitely one of my most favorite podcasts episodes and I know I say this quite often but it's because I really feel that the guests that come on the show are incredible human beings, incredible powerful people and Dara is one of them. Dara is an international speaker, she's a transformational workshop facilitator and she's a brilliant musician. I'm going to share with you a bit how I got to know her and her partner Simon and especially their transformational work and how that's shifted a lot within my relationship and um, within myself. But to give you an outlook why Dara is uh, incredible and what the episode is about, we're going to speak about finding your true self in relationships and how you can use relationships as a beautiful mirror, as a beautiful tool for transformational and spiritual growth within. And basically, we talk about so much more. I'm really looking forward to another episode with this powerhouse as well. We go into how to transform darkness, um, how you can literally transmute this different energy, step up and rise to your most embodied self, as well as... Um, all this $1 million questions of relationship, when is enough, enough, and so much more energy of money, our fear, collective fear of death, and of course, her incredible, powerful music and how you can tune in into this transmission. So what is more to say apart from I feel grateful to have you as a friend, I feel grateful to have her as a mentor, I deeply honor this being and I'm just excited for you that you can tune in into this episode and just suck in the juice, suck in the juice. So enjoy and talk to you soon. And to one, we are live and welcome um, Dara, welcome everyone who is tuning in. Another fantastic woman on this uh, show and I'm every time so immensely blessed that I have the possibility to talk to such powerful leaders across all different industries with all shapes and colors and this one I'm very very excited and we finally got together because um, I mixed up our time zones um, so that took quite a while until we finally met digitally and Dara is currently in Bali very so if you're if you're watching it on youtube you can see her beautiful background and uh, uh connected birds to the sounds uh, at the background of this podcast and um yes um who is dara dara is an incredible sensual powerful woman i met her the first time on stage um i don't know if it was two years ago at a festival called um the intimate revolution is it called now i don't remember how it was yes. before Yes, that, but that's the most important thing. And she and her partner uh, went on stage and they blew me away. I was at the back. That was kind of an open introductory um, day. And what blew me away was this energy, this love, this, this, um, this interplay between her and, and Simon, um, her partner, on stage as a being. And it felt also aligned and just simply natural. And from this moment, I knew I want to connect to this woman more. Back then, I had no idea what that means, apart from putting her on my global tribe uh, vision board. And um, when was it? Then two years later, uh, she and, and Simon and Eric and other beautiful friends and Laura were sitting in our living room and enjoying uh, dinner. A together. beautiful dinner, yes. A beautiful dinner after a beautiful <laughs> festival where they were co-hosting in Vienna. Again, the Intimate Revolution and where um, I was also partially there. But we didn't have so much uh, work, partially. Now I'm, now I'm, I'm observing in a moment my bullshit story. So I was also <laughs> a facilitator there. And exactly. We connected there. But I would love to give you now the stage to introducing yourself, who is Dara, and, um, and um, uh, to dive into that deeper and connect it to your bullshit story. So the mm. question I'm asking everyone, what is the bullshit story of not being enough that you have told or maybe even tell yourself? So welcome, Dara. And who are you? 
Yes, who am I? I love this. I love this opening. Like we're opening straight with the bullshit stories, not with the masks. And the, oh, I I did this, and I was so amazing, and I'm I am an incredible facilitator, and I do all these things. But actually, with what have I fucked up in my life, and how how many bullshit stories am I telling myself? And I was um, up to this podcast. I was thinking about this question because you had sent it to me before, and I was pondering it, and I realized that actually for most of my life until I deeply uncovered it. And to this day, it still comes up because it's very much one of my core woundings. I have told myself the lie of that I am not enough if I am myself. So this story goes like super, super deep. And it's been with me for all my life, really literally from the beginning of my birth. Cause I had, um, and I don't want to go back into the wound, you know, deep into the wounding story, but the reason why I want to just give you that little moment is because it explains so much about why, why, why we build these stories. Yeah. So my mother had a child and it died. The first child of her died after three months of a vaccination injury. And they were really both, my parents were both devastated, of course, and in grief, but in somehow they were really connected spiritually. So they thought they put on their wedding dresses and went to the funeral wanting him back. So that was the instruction that they gave to the universe, although they weren't so spiritually on the outside back then. It's like, we want him back. So very quickly after that, I was conceived and I was born and I was looked almost like him. I actually looked like him. We could have been twins, um, but I was a girl and he was a boy. And I, and they, they loved me, of course, but I was a little different and in some way, this story of the, of their like me coming with the with the task to soothe my parents, to be somebody who I am not, uh, took me my whole life to unravel and to to dive. And I'm getting goosebumps every time I talk about me this story too. because it goes so very very deep for me. So the instruction that I picked up out of love for my parents in whatever way was I'm going to be something else in order to soothe your pain because obviously they were in a lot of pain at that point and they weren't fully able to grieve and actually let go of all, all that stuff that was happening for them so for all my life I was struggling with this idea that I I felt myself being this white background onto which people could project whatever they wanted to project onto and I would willingly become that in all my relationships in in all my especially the intimate ones I I would feel myself moving and morphing into this being that that would be perfect for this person so in s of course something was always me but there was this filter that I would put and I would become literally somebody else. Um, and every, literally all of my boyfriends, almost all of my boyfriends wanted to marry me. And at some point I was like, what's happening? Why does everybody want to marry me? It must be something with me, not be, okay, I, I can look at it the nice side. Oh, I'm a beautiful woman and everybody wants to own me. But there was also a part of me that was invested in that because every time I left these boyfriends, I was devastated because I had literally broken their hearts to a point where they were like, what happened? I I thought we were perfect together you were perfect for me I was perfect for you that there was this perfect match but for me it wasn't because I had put up this filter this light you know like a screen that I was just everything that was projected onto I could be so for me all my life has been about working through this like how can I be me in relationship with others without just always just becoming what they want me to be because I have such a sensitivity. It's almost like inbuilt in my system. It's so rooted deep down in my nervous system that there's somebody, oh, what can I be for you? Yeah, so it's been like this unpeeling layer of layer of layer and uncovering who is that Dara? Who's that alive, magical being that just wants to do crazy things and sometimes is really calm and has all this orgasmic energy and is very, like I have so many different facets and how, how I can play with them without, being used by them yeah so in relationship it's, it's very very easy to be used by anything that you're putting up around you yeah that you're using in order to get something from this person rather than actually I'm in control today I want to be the orgasmic dara tomorrow I want to be the zen dara and the day after you know who knows who I want to be mm. so that's my story I think it's really about me becoming me with me and 
in relation specifically in relationship with others because that's when i get pulled out of my center it's very easy for me to sit in the mountains under a tree and just be me nobody's watching i'm just me and i'm the most glorious happy person in that in that moment but as soon as i meet somebody i have to like pull my energy and say like, okay here is me 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 stay stay centered stay with me so I don't know if that meant, answers your Absolutely. question. Absolutely, long-winded, but no, no, no. Please, that's why we're here for to free flow wherever you want to go. And I found that already so fascinating. Number one, because usually when you ask people who are you, as you said, and com coming also a bit knowing the corporate background, like or the way how we used it, we're presenting the mask, like what we do, what we did, and that's a totally different introduction of really uh, being open, being transparently showing your your heart and um, uh, sharing this with us. So thank you so much for setting an example of love. Um, mm. And there were so many juicy things um, that you said that I want to follow up. Uh, one thing that I don't want to share, just what came up right now as a memory when you were speaking, this feeling that you are becoming whoever you want to be for the other ones. I had this as well when I was younger, especially in romantic relationships. And I remember this first time when I noticed and that, and what's shifted for me was that I experienced a huge fear, this, who am I then? Like, you know, who am I then? Like, am I real if I'm shifting this roles the whole time? Like, what is this me? Because all feels kind of real, but then what's the, what's the stable core in it? And um, I just want to, to, to ask you, like, um, how, how was this revealing process for you? Like, what stimulated, what, what changed? How did you gain awareness of that? And how did you liberate your step by step? And maybe still yeah, that's, that's a beautiful, um, that was a really beautiful moment. Actually also a really dark moment. It was probably one of the first dark nights of the soul that I had to go through around the age of 20 years old when I um, entered into university. And for the first time, because I, I was a very, you know, talented musician and I, my whole life was around music and I entered into university while studying singer songwriter and I had previously up until this point only done classical music so uh, all of a sudden I was in this university where I was writing my songs and I was confronted with all this new technology and microphones and I I really wasn't good at it and my whole life before that I was used to being always good at everything like I was the best in my class I, I was the, the choir solo singer you know everybody knew me I was this little star and I came to this university and it just broke me because I was with students who were like 10 years older than me had been on stage for 10 years had their own bands had like you know hundreds of songs and and all of this this experience that it, I didn't have in my body at all so I came there and it just broke me I was like oh I'm actually the worst in this whole class and how am I going to deal with this so I went into this deep dark depression of like oh I don't want to go to study anymore and at some point because my father is also he he sort of you know he's a bit up and down in his moods all his life so I I had this fear all of a sudden that maybe I'm depressed maybe I'm like in this dark cloud and just came to consume you and I, I was I was shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and and all of a sudden I was like there was this this voice inside of me that said no Dara no this it has no control over you you're gonna take your life into your own hands and I read at that point the artist way one of these beautiful books from Julia Cameron and I read it and she you know she proposed a number of things one of them was morning pages I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a practice where you get up every morning and you start writing three pages free flow, no censoring. It's not like journaling. It's much more free. So you just write whatever is in your mind, even if the sentence doesn't finish, even if there's a word that doesn't make sense, you just write, 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 write. Then you close the book and you put it to the side. It's not for reading. It's just for you to basically mind vomit onto the page. Purge. <laughs> Purging, exactly. So I purged for six months every single morning I got up I didn't miss one day in those six months I purged onto the page and after that I went to the river and did a run so I did a, a exercise and I had these two things that would give structure to my day and it was literally like I don't know you can't see it if you're just listening to it it was like I, I was pulling myself up my hair and pulling myself out of the muck and the, the dirt that I had been sort of swimming in and at the end of that process I had these um, you know six seven books of three pages writings um this 
collateral, you know, words that I had purged. And in there was so much wisdom and so much that I had uncovered about me being this being that always is just the reflection for anybody to project on. I uncovered all my little lies, all these things that I do that where I say yes, when I actually mean no, and that I say, oh yeah, I'm coming to the party when I already know that I'm not coming uh, just because I want to be friendly with this person and all my cheating mechanisms that I had with boyfriends that I had at that time. So it all came so clearly to the surface that I had to look at it and once I looked at it as it's always with the shadow right we bring the light to it it starts to be exposed it starts to dissolve in some way we have to do like unless you're maybe psychopathic you got to start working with this so this was really the beginning of this transformational process and hasn't stopped <laughs> now I have many many <laughs> now I have many, many more other tools that I use to, to bring these things into light and life. Um, yeah, but this was one of the, like, that was where the key moment were of, of really revealing everything that I felt was under the covers, but I knew it was there. Like when I was 20, I, I was, was amazed of how much possibility I could perceive on the outside. And in my, like, I was like, wow, I can do everything. I can do anything in life. I had this heart, heart open space, you know, I knew somehow I could do anything, but I knew there was stuff that was holding me back and I had to uncover it. So that, that was this beautiful gift that I got from actually not succeeding, from not being the best. It was from now still, I say it was one of the best uh, three years of my life, even though I didn't think of them as that when I was right in it. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so interesting. And um, it's also the first time I'm hearing your entire story. So mm. it's just uh, beautiful to see also this, this small pieces that come together to this light being that you are. Um, what you have shared is this, um, especially connected to the fear of failing. Uh, if there's one thing that you can share with somebody who is listening tuning into into what you're saying right now and feeling exactly the same pain feeling the same uh, stuckness uh, mm -hmm. feeling that um, getting lost in this this um, I don't know illusion of the minds and bullshit things that happen and uh, very dark place what's one thing that you can share with this person um, from your experience what he or she can do in this very moment mm -hmm. the most essential part I think for me, any kind of darkness that I feel is always the message. Like that's my approach to life now. And that's how I've, uh, I've turned myself over and or took myself or pulled myself out of the dirt and the muck over and over again is by not pushing that away, but by really feeling it deeply. Like what was the, like the feeling for me in that moment back then was I am not enough. I am not the best. I, I had to look at these sentences that I believe to be true when actually they were just, as I say, the small truth, not the big truth. So there's the big T, big T truth, which is the big truth of like, I am enough. I am whole. I'm a miraculous being. I'm magic in a skin suit and I'm just experiencing life. And the small truth are all these you know, these beliefs that we carry, that we drag with ourselves, like I'm not enough, I've, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not a good musician, I mean, all of this bullshit that goes on inside of our head. And it's, I'm not saying that we can just push that away. We have to really, like I had to uncover all of these beliefs and go underneath and find the deepest root of that and feel that really deeply and release it from my system. So whenever I experience darkness, which of course I still experience just today with my partner, I experienced with Simon, you know, it's like stickiness comes and an old pattern arises and we're, we're sitting there and we're having that same conversation that we're having since five years probably over and over again. And we're both like, I'm bored of this. Why is this, does this keep happening? But I keep saying, uh, this beautiful saying um what is it wait um <laughs> nothing that everything that comes away i don't remember the real word the correct wording right now but something like uh, whatever comes back to you hasn't you haven't heard the lesson yet so when mm -hmm. whenever you experience something yes. that you go keep going through and you haven't understood the deep lesson behind it so it's for us to uncover what's actually at the root so that's why i think it's all about peeling away the onion and so for me any darkness anything that i'm experiencing as contraction in my body when i'm feeling i'm believing these small truths I go, I sit with the feeling, I move the feeling, I, I communicate, I try to get to the root of it and then release it into the ether because it's just something that got stuck in my body and it's 
for me it's the, the journey from stock to move from stock to flow how mm. can i how can i get whatever is sitting in my body and clenching me up and creating this contraction how can i move that back into flow into life and then become part of life again because wherever we keep ourselves small and contracted we keep ourselves out of life Absolutely. and, the and um, i think like i just recently um, i don't know where i heard it but it resonated again so deeply with me this illusion that we feel we're excluded somehow from this magic right we're excluded mm -hmm. from life like this is us and life is somewhere out there and we are in it like everything what's happening everything what we do what we feel what we express what we don't express this is life so you're not excluded if and if you see that there is no separation then it's a totally different way of of uh, them playing with this um cosmic joke cosmic universe around us <laughs> And exactly. one thing that I deeply, deeply love, like to, sh to share also with the audience, um, uh, Dara and Simon, uh, you both are doing so much in terms of relationships. So all your work is about uh, using relationships as a mirror. And uh, for me, the first time I heard it back then, two years on stage, that was quite an eye-opening experience. And then a year later, when I was also part of your workshop and experienced also like physically more or deeper your magic, um, it has really shifted a lot within me because I started to perceive my relations, all kinds of relations, and we'll dive into different forms, as a mirror that I'm trying to clear or which is dirty, but it's reflecting basically what's going on. So I want to, to, to ask you, like, why, why do you teach relationships or why do you see relationships such a powerful tool? Mm favorite topic of mine <laughs> yeah relationship oh, obviously because of my story as you heard from the beginning it's it's the the one mirror that i have used all over and over and over in my life to uncover who i am and who i am not <laughs> so that that is just because it's so deeply wired into my system of like i am constantly relating and there's such a deep drive for me to relate because of that deep calling that i have in my body also the deep wounding that i had through that so that's one and then the second i mean i always say oh, a relationship any kind of intimate relationship is a 24 7 workshop transformational workshop and i really think that's just true so for me you know there's so many tools out there that we can we can do all these practices we can sit in meditation but ultimately at some point we got to go face life and where do we face life the deepest in intimate relationships because those relationships bring up the depth of the darkness of our souls because basically your partner has or sits in the same area that your parents sat in your brain so like there's an area the brain kind of has like six areas and, and it puts people into categories it doesn't put it into names it just puts people into these categoric areas so parents and partners end up in the same category means that then when you when you are you know over the honeymoon period you you get into this space with your partner where all of a sudden you're like fuck this person is just triggering me like i don't even know why but i'm so triggered by this person and this has a reason it's actually because our subconscious wants us to heal those past wounds that we picked up with our parents because our parents you know bless them my parents are amazing they're awesome people but you know and i'm a parent myself i know that it is it just takes one little sentence to injure a child it's one little thing that we say and they will be traumatized in some way or another because their brain is literally just not able to to rationalize themselves out of that injury so parents make mistakes and that burns itself onto the onto the brain of a child because it's the brain of a child is like a sponge it's like it just sucks it all up and then we grow up as these adults and we have these injuries in our cerebral architecture and we don't know why we are acting that way but we're acting that way because we're wounded so our our partners then come into our world and i often say it's like our genitals are like antennas they want to figure out who can heal us you know so they're like these genital antennas walking through life it's like oh who can who's similar to my parents who can i figure figure this out with and then we attract these people that that are gonna push our buttons so it's like like, it's like the easiest tool once you, you are in a relationship of course given that but when you have a partner and you you enter this life then it's the easiest and most challenging practice personal practice that we can engage with because it's in your face all the time there's no like i'm going out to do a, an hour of practice no it's like i have to engage with this person 
my whole life or you know however long you're relating so for me that's that's just a glorious way of of finding myself and educating myself about me and becoming a more loving person because what i do in this moment when i'm contracting with my partner is like okay right now it's heart gym it's like stretch my heart muscle open how can I open to this, this, to this moment where I'm feeling so contracted and I don't really, really don't want to love this person, but actually I do just, so I stretch open and I make my body available again. That's, that's like, that's life for me. Every, like my partner's just, you might maybe the one who triggers me most, but life triggers me, whatever the, the state of the world triggers me, people who are in power trigger me. And then how can I break open? Yeah, it's always just that. The, the, the only journey in life for me is like from closure to openness, from stuck mm. to flow. And so in partnership, that just ah, comes all the time. That's just like the main thing that we have to do. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I resonate a lot like with this. Um, I mean, like we see it in, in business, we call a design thinking process uh, in, in different paradigms. Like you have this interplay of contraction opening contraction opening mm -hmm. and that's for me really what this is about so i find it so beautiful what you're sharing is from tension to opening up and then over again and over again and <laughs> over again it doesn't stop like there is it's not stopping no. um, one one thing that came uh, right up uh, in my system right now is that especially this year and it was again maybe that's only my inner circle and my 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 perception but i've figured out that there were many, many um, uh, uh, friends and colleagues and beloved ones who were struggling in relationships. So that started already from January. Look, all these questions like, you know, are we together? Are we not together? Is it a match or not a match? And I want to dive a bit deeper into that. Um, and one question that popped in my mind that I want to ask for my audience is when do you, in a relationship, when do you know that you are basically outgrow each other like, you know, and then it's a time to say thank you. And now we're separating. And when do you know how uh, that there is still, it's just another trigger or it's just another mm -hmm. mirror, just another invitation. So how do you deal it in your personal life? And maybe you can give a, a tip. I know quite, quite a topic, but I would love quite to. Quite a big you. topic. Yeah. So beautiful question. And it's the question that if you had the answer to it, you'd solve <laughs> like everybody's problem on this planet. If we just had this like, do you, you have know, the answer? It's a, maybe the quality <laughs> stamp of like, this person is you and this person just for a little moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have an answer. Let's say I have an answer, not the answer. Uh, I, and I think the answer that I can give that can help in these situations is that, of course, like the very clear signal that the person is not for you and not for you to be journeying with is if there's any kind of physical abuse so if you're in a relationship and there's physical abuse happening this is not a healthy relationship and you should get out of it so that's very very clear but for many people who are in such sort of relationships they still hang on to it we have we have such a desire for certainty and we have such a desire to to stay in the known that even in these like where everybody else would say why didn't you leave that relationship why didn't why didn't you you know that we we stay in that because we're traumatized and we're, we're afraid of the unknown so that's of course one of the very clear signs that we should leave, leave a relationship and that if there's any kind of abuse that's not healthy um another one is one of my main reasons why i stay in a relationship and this has all to do with commitment of course it's the big word at the moment nobody wants to commit in the spiritual circles it's the i've heard some people say it's the c word Ooh, the bad word <laughs> really wow she said the c word <laughs> she said the c word <laughs> commitment i have a very different view on commitment um than let's say maybe mostly pop popularized in the let's say spiritual circles or the tantric circles for me commitment is is the absolute is the ground and the base on which we can actually go to the depth of where we need to go in relationship and where we can actually unfold and and reveal the, the 
the deeper truths and also the deeper pains of our lives that's where it gets healed it cannot get healed if there's always an exit strategy like if i can always exit because oh yeah you're not you know, we have outgrown ourselves then we're not actually going to the root but for that to happen both of the partners have to be willing and they have to really deeply in their body know that relationship is for growth so if both of that have both people have the the deep knowing of that then we can go to the next level but if only one person really has that then sometimes for them it's really really difficult even though i really deeply believe that there are moments where for example i've seen that that sometimes women are a little bit more advanced in their relationship skills because also that's our our way of relating is more advanced because as women we always are in relationship yeah. we have relationships to our daughters to our kids to this is our our superpower as a woman we are relating very well men are more directional they're moving they're making things happen that that's the masculine energy of course women have that too but let's say ancestral in our nervous system we are more able to relate this is the gift that we're also bringing to the masculine part partners and i mean that's also true between gays or lesbian partners you know one also always plays the masculine and the other plays the uh, feminine part so whoever in whichever way you are the feminine part will always teach the masculine more to relate that means to open and to get into communication and to to figure things out through engagement right now through like how can we how can we move through this so it's very, very important that you're both on the, that you're kind of on the same page with this, that there's an understanding that we're here to grow, that we're here to heal, so that when, that there will be moments where it's going to be difficult and that we're having to stay and like be in that, as I call the heart gym, you know, the gym for your heart. Like, this is what relationship is about. And as, as long as you both have that, I love this phrase and it's actually a book it says uh, doesn't matter if you love yourself, it doesn't matter who you marry. Right? I've never even read that book, but the title, said it all, it all and yeah. it explains it all totally it's, it's like there is a deep truth to that but of course what comes up in relationship is our childhood issues is our trauma is all the pain so when you find yourself in in relationships that are very destructive and very like have a lot of triggering going on where you're constantly like oh, oh, it's happening then that means excuse me that there's just a lot of um it's just still this work to be done. There's a lot of healing to be done. So you need to really hold each other in, in those triggers. And that can be very exhausting at times. It's, it's just that phase, I call it the desert phase of relationship. You know, it's like, oh, you dry out and your heart is like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, but there, there, is, there is the phase when you learn the, the frequency, the taste of being in that triggered space and you can transmute it quicker and quicker and quicker and so there it's just these phases that we have to go through in relationship i talk about this on, on some of my events when it comes to like relationship phases we need to get through them otherwise we don't we will not actually end up at the last stage yeah. of, the, of love being you know just pouring forth freely but as some of my teachers mm, recently said like the work of the heart isn't like we don't come he said, we don't come to this earth mature. Like our heart isn't mature when we're born. It actually gets injured. And then later on, it's about cracking that heart open, open, open by, by, by going through heartbreak, basically over and over again until it reveals its true nature to us again. So this is the work of the heart. And it's not easy. But once we go through it, so much aliveness and so much love can pour forth. Thank you for, so much for sharing that. And I so much, again, like um, resonate and, and, and agree with that. It feels like, you know, um, being here on this earth. And there's, I heard it also in a, um, uh, um, YouTube. I think one, one of the figures that I figured out and I found it very, very um, fitting to the situation right now. And it connected with me that there is a moment where you choose to be here. And what that yeah. means is you're going all in. You're saying really like a full focus. That's what I'm exploring right now, you know, saying full focus to life. And that means you have the desert times. That means you have the juicy orgasmic times. That means there is shadow. There is light. It's all of it. This is all, all what this magic is about. And when you are, can make this choice, then suddenly it doesn't matter what you experience, you know, there will come the contraction, opening, contraction, opening, contraction, opening. And you are not saying excluded. yes 
yeah saying exactly. yes to it all yeah that's that's the big magic i think if, if there's one key to life's like journey is just, just how can we say yes to it all like to Absolutely. it all uh, with our full heart yes, um, yes. <laughs> uh, there is there are some other mirrors i would love to to dive you into mm-hmm. and uh, you're also in your work are like you're exp- expanding the work uh, from relationships to all our relations and i love that and i really uh, do this equally to me as uh, with, with my personal growth as well and it's the mirror of money it's the mirror of sex and the mirror of power and mm-hmm. i find this a very interesting because they this mirror is a very strong multipliers for me so they can reveal a lot about yes. uh, who you are and the conditioning and all the wound pains so i know that you're also uh, to give the, the audience like a short short story like i really loved um having Daran simon at the um, entrepreneurial corporate event in a female community that we had the female factor and they were invited as money mindset coaches because there was no other way of how i could phrase it to my colleagues because i knew they're doing like nude retreats and anything so it can be very scary for others but i was so blessed and there was also the feedback from 150 women that we had there at this beautiful conference hacking money and uh, to have them there because you brought such a different um, viewpoint on the topic money whereas often we get stuck in this um, i wouldn't say linear but very um, pragmatic way of building our relationship with money Mm -hmm. so i would just want to open the floor up and whatever comes your so what are these mirrors? How important mm. are these mirrors? Yeah, I mean, everything in life is a mirror, of course. And with these three topics, what comes up first, like money, sex, and power, is that they are all forms of energy. Like money is a very neutral energy. Actually, at its, at its very essence, it's a very, very neutral energy because although we have a lot of projections onto money, like we think it's evil or we think it's amazing or whatever, we, we think of money to equal, like money equals freedom. For so many people, it has so many attachments, but it is because it's so neutral in its essence. Like it, it just absorbs whatever we put into. And that is true for, it's actually one of the the rules probably that I, or the the laws that I would give universally as energy is every, or energy, no, whatever, (laughs) sorry, whatever is touched by energy enlarges. Mm. So if you say money is energy, whatever money touches will get bigger. Whatever sex touches will get bigger whatever power touches will get bigger so it's a really pertinent time at the moment to to talk about forms of energy because we have so much energy so differently distributed or let's say even unfairly distributed over the planet that starts from the way news are displayed the way money is is you know so unequally pushed into certain kinds of people and very uh, little in other areas and power, of course, is just a big form of, of energy. Like the, the question with all of these, which was something that just came up the other day for me, is like, so if, my, if energy enlargens everything, it's like a magnifying glass for any, anything that it touches. So that means that the moment I get a lot of that energy, whether it's money, sex, or power, what it will enlarge in is, of course, my intentions, what, what I'm bringing to the world, but also what I'm not seeing. So mm. all of my shadows, everything wow. that is in the dark will also be heightened and brought not necessarily more light, but more energy to that. So I think what we're seeing at this moment in, in, the, in this time is that there's a lot of powerful people who, are, who got a lot of energy and now their shadows are really taking over. Because I was thinking like, I wonder if Bill Gates meditates. Because if there's so many powerful people on this planet, our politicians, all the people that are somehow, you know, telling us how to live our life at the moment, but are they doing anything, any personal practice to look at their shadow? Because from my experience, I know that we can only work with our shadow if we actually look at it. And if I don't look at my shadow, I'm going to do something nasty to my partner. I'm going to do something not so nice to my daughter. I'm going to speak horrifying or or really, really not very gently to my ex-partner. You know, so the darkness comes out of me if I don't look at what's happening. So the more energy I have pushed into my shadows, but because now I'm more powerful, maybe I have more money, I have more freedom, I think I'm some, something, the more I, my shadow will take over or will talk, take over my life. So 
it's very interesting for me with these three topics to to see that humanity in and of itself, we often think that we equate somebody who has money or somebody who has power or somebody who, who has a lot of sex. I mean, that's usually they all somehow go together, <laughs> that they are good people. There's, there's, like, there's more people now waking up thinking, hmm, maybe not, but there's still a large population on the planet that think, oh, just because you have money, just because you have um, yeah, power, you, are, you have the best interest of everybody in, in mind. But I think there's a really deep shift has to happen because these people are not usually doing what like the Dalai Lama is doing. Like put Dalai Lama and any kind of politician next to each other and just feel in your heart, like feel. What's, what are these two people resonating? Like uh, is the Dalai Lama, what he's saying? It seems like he's really caring about me. Yeah, he's really caring for humanity. And then listen to any politician and I'm sure there's some good ones out there as well. I'm not, I'm not generalizing here, but you know, it's just like, I don't even want to give names to it because it's not even about a party or about a certain amount. Mm. Like it's not even about the, the issue that we're talking about. It's just about the way these people have come to power and they're not the people who have faced their shadow in any way or many, many of them haven't. And I don't mean that everybody has to meditate in order to become a good person because there's the, the simple rice field farmer here can have more truth than I have at times because he's just living a very simple life but he also doesn't have a lot of energy meaning a lot of power or money or resources put into his being so he doesn't carry so much responsibility while those people who have a lot of power a lot of money and a lot of sex <laughs> they have much more responsibility of where that energy goes for me when I make love with my partner now I'm offering that energy especially at the moment up to the world to create a better like just it might sound a little you know spiritual and a little out there but i do believe that if i am given the opportunity to have money and to have the ability to make love right now then i will make love literally for the world right now mm. <laughs> meaning i will produce more energy in my body and offer it as a gift as a prayer to this collective shift that we're going through wow beautiful <laughs> um thank you so much for this exploration I was wondering, um, or let's put it like this, if anyone who is listening right now felt triggered at any point, because there are many, <laughs> many, many uh, energies right now, yes. and that can be anything. I don't even want to go into detail if it's already like projecting onto something, if it's a, another bullshit story comes up or a feeling that or a contraction that you feel in the body, and probably this will happen. Um, course because i even noticed exactly even i noticed it within myself like some some body movement like oh okay there is a reaction the contraction especially i have it in my um you know chest area coming from my stomach and it's like closing at my throat so i know i'm observing and noticing that but what could be one question or maybe one invitation that you can give if you feel triggered if you feel like these are topics uh, revealing shadows and light like one question maybe that can help um, to start to start a process not to finish a process just to start the process um i mean any time when we're triggered that's already beautiful when we just feel like you just shared i feel, felt that in my body i had this like oh contraction here and it, it kind of came up from the solar plexus it's like just being aware of that first step amazing because that's already one step further than being in denial most people go into oh she said that oh, and they go all over into the reaction of like oh no it's not true blah, 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 blah. so that then gets you away from your own triggered feeling like whatever i say it might not be true for anybody but it's true for me right now and i'm just expressing that so um i always say like just feeling that feeling and just like oh exploring what that what that contraction is about and then breathing into that just like taking a big breath is so simple you know we have our breath always with us ah and feeling into that feeling then thinking maybe giving us some some thoughts like what is it wanting me to explore what am i triggered about like i my all my triggers i, I realized the other day it's like oh there's so much information in, uh, out there i think anybody like either you're afraid of the virus or you're afraid of the new world order or you're afraid of some cabal or you're afraid of it's like we're all afraid of just something that's outside of our control so in that at least we can unite there's something outside of that uh, that we think is outside of our control but actually nothing is outside of our control all everything that we can control is right here and that means just my state of being. So whatever I feel in my heart right now, whatever I can come back to the home inside of my body 
is the place of sovereignty. Like there's nothing that can really touch me if I come back to home. But if I keep myself in fear and I'm like <gasps> triggered, then of course we're going we're gonna to attract more of that into our world. We're going to see the news because your nervous system is literally wired that way. I've, I've just studied this recently. The autonomous nervous system has the tendency to overestimate danger. So it's just because it's, 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 it's function. Like the autonomous nervous system is like, all right, I'm going to keep you alive. Meaning I'm going to constantly scan the environment for anything that could be dangerous. To survive basically. Yeah. So right. meaning that if you're just a little bit in fear, what's going to happen is that now you're. She's straight into her lost connection with you. Can you refresh? And she is refreshing. Beautiful. <laughs> I think I just, uh, I don't know what happened my internet bali internet isn't bali internet all good stable i will just cut a little bit out of that but i will uh, give the audience still the, the the conversation with are you refreshing so um <laughs> the moment when i lost you we're speaking about the autonomous nervous system and if we are uh, in this uh fear experiencing fear what happens is we're driving it's closer to us so that's yeah, or more we... more evidence exactly more evidence of fear will be driven towards us and uh, that is just a, a real feedback loop to hell. Like we're just going to go down that road. So the only thing that in any moment of trigger we can do is to just come back to self, come back to center and realize that in the deepest truth of our heart, nothing can ever harm us because also, and this is, this is so, so important right now because what we are so afraid of is death. This is why everybody's freaking out on this planet right now. And we are called into a, into an awakening because death is you may believe it or not but death is not the end it may be the end of this physical experience but if we keep ourselves small and i don't mean i'm, I'm not negating who, like the deaths that are happening because that is tragic and there's thousands millions of people dying every every year like the numbers of deaths that, that are happening and at the same time there are people being born so the cycle of life like when we when we make death the enemy we're, we're stopping life because life and death is just this incredible Tao, you know, it's, it's, it's way of nature. We cannot exclude death and we can also not define it. We cannot define ourselves through the fear of death. Like if it's my time to go, then it's my time to go, but I'm going to do my fuck all to live until that moment comes. So it's not an excuse for me to to just become small and in fear just because there's some death around the corner. No, if I die in five minutes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just <gasps> experience every moment of this of this day to like every every minute of this five minutes. I would experience it the most intensely, right? Like, wouldn't everybody do that? If you really just knew in five minutes you're gonna die, what are you gonna do? Like, gonna look around and gonna see the colors and just try to absorb it. <gasps> And that's the quality of life that we all should live with. Like it's nobody knows when we're going to die. Nobody knows. So it's like, really, do we need to, do we need to waste time? Mm, before you we know? go all in. And there yeah. is something beautiful I heard now. I, I now I, this time I know who it is. Ellen Watson <laughs> was in the chill step um, remix on YouTube. Like there are many ones where you have lectures and just yes. virtual music at the back. And he was referring um, um, uh, or uh, referring to death or how you can look at it and really touched my heart. And it was uh, the, the statement or the realization that the person who is going to die is not the person who is sitting right now looking and talking to the screen. It's also not the person who uh, came, sat on this pillow where you are or sat on the chair where I am. It's not the person who woke up in the morning. So realizing this, that it's a constant flux of change, that helped me at least. And again, I don't want to pretend that I have no fear of death. Like I just had uh, three weeks ago a ceremony where it revealed my immense fear of death that I have neglected. It was like, oh, wow, this is what's mm -hmm. going on. But this, this small message helped me again to just shine a bit more light on this to understand mm -hmm. that, okay, so if my identification is not the same when I'm going to die, so another version of me will die. So there is no mm -hmm. reason to project my fear on something which will happen at some other point somehow. I, the only thing I can be is here and choose yeah. to be here with my breath, as you said, with the intensity of the senses and with everything that comes, comes here. Yes. And everyone who's listening, it's an invitation to take a deep breath right now. Whew. 
and um Dara, like I, I think I could talk with you forever, literally. And I think every time I talk to you, there's more and more to reveal. And uh, maybe there's going to be another episode with you if you're up to it in future. Sure. Uh, but there are two things that I, I still want to, um, that are important me to, to, to open up. The last one is going to be the death reflection. So we will make the yes. loop back to that. But before that, what I really, really want to share with the audience is that um, and, uh, is Dara is an incredible musician. So when I hear her play guitar and when we started recording, she had her guitar uh, next to her. And when I heard her play, like, you know, those moments when um, your skin is lightening up and you feel this goosebumps and you feel the musician and you have this with some, like, I really believe artists are like one of the greatest channels that there are because they're offering their medicine, the gifts in a form that goes like beyond or it penetrates way faster the heart uh, through, through the mind. So I really fell in love when I hearing you, uh, uh, um, was hearing you. And I had already one musician here on the, on the channel. It was so interesting to explore the inner life of a musician. But I just uh, want to say one thing, uh, that first of all, she has released a beautiful new album, um, uh, Bedroom Sessions. So please check yes. her out. You will find everything in the notes of the podcast. And second of all, just a small, um, small or take it long however you want it um, but what is music for you and what is this this offering that you're giving to others mm. ah what is music it's like a little bit like you're asking a fish what the sea is it's sort of been the the water that i've been swimming in all my life uh, my parents told me that i came out swimming uh, came out singing <laughs> swimming in the ocean of music um so music for me is is my access is the access to my creative force but also to my shadow um, it was for a long time when i was especially in my teenage years and i started writing poems and music uh, it became this 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 channel for me to see something that i wouldn't yet be consciously willing to admit to myself so sometimes i would write songs that somehow later like years later i would look back on the song as like oh, you wrote that and you kind of knew but you didn't in that moment like you know songs about loving somebody that i didn't really want to admit that i loved at that point or just some sort of shadow like a sadness that would always pour through my songs that i didn't realize why i had all these why i would write like especially in the beginning of my life i would write very very sad songs oh just like oh so sad and i was always like i'm such a jolly being why why do i write sad songs and then I, later i realized that it was that outlet for that part of me that was never really truly allowed to be angry to be sad so music was that that pipeline for me to channel that somewhere and the more integrated I became as a musician and as a human being, the more integrated my music became. So now my, my songs have developed different. They're actually sharing the messages that I, that I you know, know in my whole body to be true. And they're not, no longer just, um, yeah, they're no, no longer just the messages of my subconscious. They're the messages of my whole body. Um, so that's, that's one part. But also music for me is a way of life. So I, I recently realized how much I have learned from music as a, mu as a human being. Because one of the things that you have to do as a musician is practice, right? Like you just not really getting anywhere without practice. So, and that's a mindset that I see some people are really lacking when they haven't had something like that, whether it's sport or music or any other art form. It really teaches you to, to show up over and over again even though maybe it sounds stupid today and it's really like my fingers are not working it's this thing i can't play it it's like you know i play piano as well so i was like ah. and then the next day you sit down again and ah, it doesn't work and the next day you sit down and, oh it starts flowing oh it starts flowing ah, and it goes again so it's this this mindset of showing up and not stopping just because right now it doesn't work yeah there, there's such a like an immediate collapse and so many people that I see when something doesn't doesn't properly flow but music has taught me to keep showing up music has taught me so many things about like how to be in harmony like I I keep uncovering these metaphors that music has has um, shared with me in the way that yeah I have to practice by myself and then there's band practice right so that's like 
when I want to practice being with, with human beings, that's also, it. it's like, it requires me to practice with me first, then I can be with others. So, because you don't go to band practice without ever having practiced your instrument because it's gonna, you know, not work so well. And, and so many, like, how do you tune an instrument? Like it's, it's all, it all has these messages for everybody. And when I see sometimes or in the state of the world before all of this happened, um, there were many messages saying that art is taken out of uh, schools, music is taken out of school, drama is taken out of school. And I'm shocked to see this because it's like, it might not make linear mathematical sense to have these things in schools, but what they teach about breathing, what they teach about emotional maturity, what they teach about this mindset of like, keep showing up, it's gonna get better. The more you practice, the more you progress. That is so infinite for human beings to learn. And I'm, like, I'm really, really shocked that people are taking it out of school because the more I, I even study Taoism and Tantra at the moment, I realize, oh my God, all these things I learned as a singer because people would teach me about the breath and they would teach me how to show and how to hold my posture. And these things are not taught in mathematics. You know, they're like life skills hidden underneath the arts that most people are not actually seeing when they're just thinking, oh yeah, it's just music, you know, it's just a little, little you know weird strange music performance of the class at the end of school no but there's so much more to that and um yeah i think i want to break no i don't think that's the right word but i want to really stand for for music being or all of the arts being such an important tool for humans to become more human because literally it wakes up the frontal lobe it wakes up the, the part of our brain that is that is concerned with all these these creative tasks with language with with interaction with sociability so the more we wake this front part up the more we actually become humans and human meaning heart open beings who are able to connect to one another and if we need anything we need that right now <laughs> aho, aho, aho. <laughs> well beautiful yes i love what you're saying about um becoming an integrated human and like music is so much more than what we are taught it is mm -hmm. and um, just praise to all musicians praise to all artists praise to all uh, poets whatever form of expression it is it's such a powerful beautiful uh, work and gift to the society and to all of us um, so yeah, yeah. just and also if I just add one, yes. one thing that I want to add to that because it's one of the main things that I love sharing about music why music is specifically so powerful is because it requires us to listen yeah. Yes. And, and we are so visually focused in our culture that listening is becoming like a really small art. You know, we, we, we all are talking, talking, talking. Nobody really wants to listen. Podcasts now bring that back. And, and music is, has always held that up. So for us, in, in order for us to move forward right now, I think we really need to learn to listen to ourselves, to nature, to the planet, to each other. You know, so from that place of being able to listen more carefully, it's like, oh, this is moving something inside of me. And then expressing from that place rather than already talking in your mind when somebody else is telling you mm. their story or their belief, then we're really going to move forward. Beautiful. Um, had an intuitive invitation for, for you and the audience. So if somebody would check out your album, The Bedroom Sessions, what's the number one, not number one in the sense of you ranking it, but what's the, the, the experience, what's, what's somebody could listen to it as a first song? Ah, recently my editor told me, I, I, I'm listening to your album, but I have to listen to every song by itself. It's so intense, it's so like, it takes me into another world, so I have to stop after each song and just take a break. So I feel maybe there's there's different songs for different human beings, of course. Uh, but I think if you're a woman and you feel like you want to be a little bit more in your power, which is something that I feel we women are all called into at the moment. That's why I wrote that song. There's a song that's called Lilith, and it's uh, about Lilith. And Lilith is or isn't was in the mythology the first wife of Adam. Mm. Yeah, there was before Eve so um, and Lilith has this very incredible story and when I learned about that there was somebody before Eve in, uh, Eve in the mythology and that she was actually created like Adam the same way with dust and muck and life and then off you go to paradise and they went to paradise and had had a ball but then Adam became a little bit too full of himself and 
wanted her to, you know, wanted Lilith to lie underneath him while they're making love. And she said, no, not because I don't make love or I don't want to make love. I actually love making love, but I don't want to be commanded. I don't want to be overpowered. So I'm going to leave paradise. And so she left. And then the story continues. And there's a lot of like, um, I don't want to go too deep into it. But I think if you listen to that song, it's good to know the story of Lilith, uh, maybe the way I share it, because there's also a lot of darkness around Lilith. Many people, or maybe for many, many thousands of years, we have seen Lilith as a very dark and children eating um, figure yeah. figure or witch almost. But in reality, she's really the giver of life on earth. She decided to just like leave paradise because it's not what paradise was about. And, and for me, um, I realized that everybody at some point or another will have a Lilith moment. I had my Lilith moment uh, in my early 20s where I had to leave a paradise that wasn't mine. It looked perfect on the outside, but it wasn't the paradise that I was meant to live. So I had to leave that paradise. And I think we all in some way or another have to go through that Lilith moment. And it's a moment of huge empowerment. So that one is a really beautiful one to listen for maybe the women and everybody else or the, the women who feel called to embody more of that Lilith energy inside of themselves and the other one that I recommend is maybe in times like this right now is Paradise. Mm. It's a very beautiful song about the fact that Paradise is a state of consciousness not a place so when whether you're like locked inside right now and think that you need to go somewhere else and you're maybe you know caught up in <sighs> being cut off from some sort of paradise remembering that paradise is the only place that is right deep inside of your heart um that's it's such a gift for me and that song is just one of my favorite songs on that album or generally I, I play it so often and it's it just reminds me of to to come back to home you know to come back to that paradise that the more i sit with it the bigger it goes the bigger it grows and the more space is inside of there so if you feel a little bit of lack of space inside <laughs> beautiful thank you for sharing this so Lilith and paradise uh, um, <laughs> very very mythological songs it seems but they're not all like that <laughs> you have all the spectrum of life that's that's exactly. what you are for me or how <laughs> i perceived you and uh yes so many juicy stuff as again i can only say like i would love to continue uh, over and over again i'm sure it's not only the last time we're talking to each other and um, I would love to, uh, to come to a beautiful closing container. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's also some, a lot of juiciness in the endings of stuff. And uh, to connecting it also to the topic death that we have not explored so much in this conversation. But nevertheless, for me, it has been um, such an important thing to reflect on death. And as you said, there's so much involved with that. And I literally love asking um, people, people in general, uh, what's their relationship to that, but also in the podcast as a last question, uh, some death reflection. So the question goes as follows. If you would know that you would die next week or today, tomorrow, what would be one uh, thing that you would like to share with your beloved brothers and sisters around the world? Mm. Mm. I once heard a an astral traveler, somebody who is able to get out of his body, like have these extremely lucid experiences in dream state. So meaning he's, he's clear of leaving his body and knows that he's dreaming, but he's in, in, in another realm, you know, that really there's some people who explore these things since 40, 50 years. Yeah, you yourself. So I heard this beautiful man talk about death and it really resonated with me. He said, you know, when we die, we we cannot take anything with us, like all the money, all the houses, all the status, whatever we've accumulated, we will not be able to take it with you. You will not be able to take it with you, but you're going to take something with you and that's your beliefs. So anything that holds you, your small beliefs, your big beliefs, whatever you're believing in is going to create that next spec, that next chapter of your life. And I was like, Oh wow, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Why I'm so obsessed with clearing my belief systems, why with clearing my, my heart space and becoming more and more of a, of a human being that can just be interpenetrated by life without holding on to this belief. And this is right. And this is wrong. And at the moment, 
that's what we're facing as well. We're facing such a polarized world where everybody's trying to belong to one group or another in order to not get lost. But really, there is nothing to them either. It's just like the money, just like the status, just like it doesn't matter who's wrong or who is right. And especially the beliefs that we're coming back to the very beginning of this beautiful talk, the small truths that we tell ourselves, I'm not good enough. I never will make it. Like if you hold on to that belief, you're going to take it into the next chapter of your existence. And do you really want to create a life like that? So there's, there's so much to this inner work that, that is literally, a, we can drop it right now and right here. We can all let go of that because, you know, again, this, this, this little thing that I shared, like if I die in five minutes or tomorrow and I really knew that's going to happen, I'm going to enjoy every single moment until that moment comes. And, in, and that's this, this, what they call total, being total every moment of your life and it's not easy because our minds are crazy and they want to plan and it's also okay yeah there are moments where we're probably not going to be able to do that but there's there's an invitation to more and more enjoy life every moment as much as we can and and suck in the juice of this life it's so amazing <laughs> it's whatever it is if it's even if the darkness is beautiful in some way, right? Like we get to experience that. Some people say, you know, in these other realms, if you believe in them or not, but let's say there are these other realms to experience and it's, it's so beautiful that it can get boring. Here on earth, we can actually experience pain. It's like, that's why we come here <laughs> as well to, to experience the contrast, yeah? So, ah, what is dark? What is light? How does that feel in the human body in this experience? So for me, it's all about like the message I guess that I, I can I can I would leave anybody with is experience life as deeply as you can and take care of the beliefs and the stuff that you carry in your system because you're gonna keep carrying it if you don't clear it out. Aho, thank you so much, <laughs> Dara. Wow. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Thank you for us, uh, yeah, for this magic, for showing up, for, for dedicating your beautiful, beautiful time. I already noticed that there are many, many wisdom nuggets and many activations happens just talking to you. And I'm super excited for everyone who has been part of it and listening. And if you're listening and that touched your heart, please spread and share. Wherever there is, these are love messages for the soul from this beautiful uh, being. And yes, what can I say more apart from check her... her um, um, out like what Dara is doing which is creating <laughs> check the out check you out yes <laughs> I even had a before like a dirty joke in mind because you said suck the juice of life and I was like yeah suck it all in suck it all in that's the main message so yeah <laughs> thank you so much sister I'm deeply deeply honored and blessed and um I I always don't know how to end this so I'm just saying thank you Aho. <laughs> thank and you so much <laughs> Thank you, everyone who is tuning in. And yes, enjoy your beautiful day. Yay. <laughs>